On this episode of the AC Sports Report, we have Jennifer Baker. Jennifer Baker is the Associate Vice Provost for Student Affairs and the Director of Athletics and Recreation at Johns Hopkins University. This is Sue Thompson, Executive Director and League Commissioner for the Interscholastic Athletic Association of Maryland. The IAM formed in 1999, and our purpose is to provide structure and organized support for interscholastic competition for female student-athletes at our 30 member schools. We are represented in seven counties and Baltimore City. To achieve our goals, the IAM regards athletics and competition as a vital part of the educational process, meaning that our focus includes the promotion of the physical, mental, moral, social, and emotional well-being for all student-athletes. By offering 14 sports, the IAM oversees hundreds of teams and well over a thousand female athletes each year who are ready to compete in sanctioned meets, matches, and games, and even more to create memories and experiences that will last a lifetime. The IAM embraces the highest ideals of fair play, integrity, and respect. For schedules, scores, and current news, please go to our website at www.iamsports.com. That's www.iamsports.com. If you've been looking for someone that talks about youth sports in the DMV, from basketball to football, volleyball, soccer, lacrosse, baseball, and softball, you've found it. We are the authority. We are the authority. This is the AC Sports Report. There's a thriving community of youth sports in the DMV, and we cover it all. From interviews to game reports to player scouting, public and private schools, and we even cover the college recruiting process. This is the AC Sports Report, and here's your host, John Miller. Jennifer Baker, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. So you are joining me, I guess, from your office or somewhere near Hopkins. You didn't come to the studio. You didn't venture into Remington Hampton, even though I'm right around the corner from you. Uh, We're doing this remotely. Thank you for doing it. Thank you for giving me this time. I appreciate it. I'm super happy to be here. I didn't realize you were so close um, because, yes, indeed, I am in my office, which Thankfully, I've blurred the background here, so you can't see how messy it is. But, yep, I'm right here at Homewood Field. Homewood Field. Home of the Blue Jays, yes? Absolutely home of the Blue Jays. Home of the Director's Cup champion Blue Jays. Oh, I saw a video uh, produced or at least hosted by one of your graduate students describing the Director's Cup, how there's points and every team gets points. That's a pretty big deal. We are very, very proud of that. So um, it's... You know, every athletic director believes they have the opportunity to lead the best athletics department in the country, um, and and rightfully so. I now have a trophy that proves that at least last year we were that. Um, so the Director's Cup is awarded annually to the most competitively successful athletics department in each of the NCAA divisions. So our teams last year won more than any other athletic department in the country at the NCA level. So we had 14 of our teams. We have 24. So 14 of 24 finished nationally in the top 10 or better. Um, two national champions, two national runner-ups, a whole host of others um, just, you know, achieving at incredible levels. And I'm super proud because none of them have compromised their academics. So if I could show you the GPAs of all of those teams, uh, 
your your head might explode, but in the best possible way. They are. I I work with some of the most remarkable student athletes, coaches, and staff. Uh, I believe anywhere. That's awesome. So I did it again. I always jump right into the meat of what you're doing now, but we'd have to learn a little bit about your past. Is that okay? Can we go back a little bit? Sure. How about, Absolutely. High, how about, how about high school? Can we go back to high school? Where, Let's go you, back. Where'd you go to high school? I went to Hereford High School um, in public school in Northern Baltimore County. And were you an, a student athlete? Uh, I was. So competed in lacrosse. Um, and then there was a brief stint with cross country and indoor track. Um, but it was very brief because if you've ever been to Hereford's campus, there's a lot of hills there. So it's, you got to be a very committed cross country athlete up there. And I was not a committed cross country athlete. I was a committed lacrosse athlete who just wanted a way to stay in shape. So I found alternative ways to maintain fitness. So committed lacrosse athlete. So what position did you play? Uh, so I was a low attacker, um, and I was a low attacker in high school. Um, that that shifted just a little bit when I got to college, but in high school I was a low attacker. And the mascot out there on in the Hereford zone is the bull. The bulls, excellent. So you left high school, went on to college. This is a unique journey. Where did you go to college, man? I went to the United States Naval Academy right down the road in Annapolis, Maryland. So I I talk to people about recruiting sometimes, but that's a very unique situation. Did you play lacrosse at Navy? I did. Um, now I need to asterisk that a little bit. So at the time that I was there, it was before they had actually launched their varsity program. Um, so I competed as a club athlete because that was the highest level of lacrosse offered at that time. Excellent. But there was still a process to get into the U.S. Naval Academy. That's fairly complicated. Yes. Yeah. It's a little different than most uh, college application processes. Um, I think Similar to other schools, there you know there's a standardized testing requirement, or at least there was back then. Um, things have evolved a bit since then. There's obviously a, an app, a formal application, but there's also a medical screening. There's also a physical aptitude assessment that you have to take and pass, and then you also have to earn a nomination, um, either from your congressperson, your senator, um, or even the president or vice president, um, depending on kind of what category you're in. That, that's fascinating. We could spend the whole time just talking about that. But when you got out of the Naval Academy, now I'm, I'm trying to remember what I little bit I know about that. You had to serve the country. Yes, you you yes. were in the Navy for a certain amount of time. Yes. Is there a certain amount of time you had to serve? And then how much time did you serve? The minimum requirement is five years. Um, and then it varies from there, depending on what you ultimately um, serve, in what capacity you ultimately serve. So I, I served seven years on active duty um, and an additional year as a reservist. Excellent. What job did you have in the Navy? What did you do? When I was initially commissioned, I was a pilot, um, which was my whole reason for wanting to go there. Um, desperately wanted to fly planes off of aircraft carriers. That was like, seemed to me to be the hardest possible thing you could do. So therefore, that's what I wanted to do, um, which is somewhat emblematic of a lot of decisions I've made in my life. Um, served as a pilot for my first three years. Um, unfortunately, I was medically disqualified from further flying, but still owed the Navy time. And so then I moved, made a lateral move and served my remaining two tours as a civil engineer corps officer. Excellent. So because you were in the Naval Academy, because you were in college, you were an officer in the Navy. Yes. What, what rank did you ultimately... Uh, when I left, I was a lieutenant. lieutenant. So okay. yeah, the junior officer rank. Okay. Very cool. Finally finished your time in the Navy. Thank you for your service and moved on to the civilian world. First stop was? Well, the first stop was owning a business. Um, uh -oh. So I, yeah, so I, I did a couple different things, which was largely dictated. I was a little bit constrained in geography when I first got out, um, but I I, long story short, I wound up teaching high school math and coaching high school lacrosse. 
Um, I had been coaching high school lacrosse for quite some time at that point um, and really loved it and then had the opportunity to join that school as a full-time math teacher in the upper upper school. And this was down in Virginia Beach. So um, got it was about two and a half years that I was uh, teaching high school math because um, I am a math geek at heart and I uh, love that. And it allowed me a chance to just be that much more invested in the team that I coached there. Um, so did that. And then ultimately found my way. I made the decision that I want to go back to graduate school. And so made the decision to go to Cornell. Um, had a great experience there, thought I was done with coaching lacrosse. And my first semester there met the women's lacrosse coaches up there who very kindly invited me to be their volunteer assistant coach, which when you are previously a high school coach and you have the chance to coach at the next level up, absolutely. You take advantage of that. And what I learned from that experience, you know, I was there to get master's degrees and I thought I was going to go work in tech, which was my original intent, but turns out I'm very passionate about what happens to young people between ages 18 and 22, 23, as a result of participation in sport at the collegiate level. Um, and so I kind of made a pivot while I was there and thought, how do I do this for a living? Um, and decided then that I wanted to be a college athletics director, um, had a great opportunity once I completed my graduate degrees to join the Cornell Athletics Department um, as an athletics administrator there and have since then had the opportunity to continue to work my way up and became the athletics director here at Hopkins in August of 2019. So wow. been a handful years and been a whirlwind, but been all good things. You did that very well, very succinctly. You left out your little stop at Under Armour, but that's okay. We are we are Baltimore-based and we, we'll, we'll just blow over that. It's fine. What does a athletic director or a director of athletics and recreation, and we'll get to the provost part because you're going to have to tell me what a provost does too, but what what do you, on a day-to-day, -day, what's your day? Give me, give me a typical day of Jennifer Baker. There is not a typical day. So let's start there. Um, so I think, and that's one of the things I like about it is that every day really is different. Um, you know, it varies depending on what sports season that we're in. I will say every one of my days starts at the crack of dawn uh, with two things. One is a dog walk um, and one is a workout. So I'm very committed to um, to personal fitness in that regard because of the kind of the mental well-being aspect of it more than anything else. Um, but then, you know, once I'm here in the office, it is, it's like being the CEO of an organization, right? So I have 24 varsity teams and I have a department of recreation. So if you think of those as kind of individual verticals um, or product lines, if you were making sort of a corporate uh, translation to that, and in each one of those areas, I'm constantly looking at how do we optimize performance um, and thinking about what are the things that go into that, whether it's financial resources, whether it's staffing. Um, you know, when you're dealing with student athletes, one of the things I spend the most time thinking about is student athlete support. Um, so how are we investing in sports medicine? How are we investing in strength and conditioning? How are we investing in mental health? Um, obviously, facilities are a component of that. Academic support. Um, how are we providing student athletes the opportunity to engage in the community and with one another? How are we developing them as leaders? These are all the areas that I'm constantly thinking about and then working with my coaches and support staff to optimize. Um, and then the recreation side of things serves the entire Hopkins community in terms of how are we promoting kind of personal health and well-being. So we link the two of them together, but we have a beautiful facility here. We offer lots of different programs. And I personally think that recreation is a vehicle on campus to help folks find community and to optimize and learn what it takes for them to perform at their best, right? So whatever they're able to do for themselves up here and the ways in which they're able to care for themselves I think does translate into the classroom because first and foremost, this is an academic institution and everybody comes here to uh, to earn their degree and to you know learn things and 
perform academically. Uh, we do more research here than any other undergraduate institution in the country. So, so many of our students are involved in research. There's no shortage of things to do here. My end of campus is about kind of optimizing their, teaching them to optimize their own performance. Very good. Now you mentioned leadership and, and I think I saw some other stuff in your bio about leadership. Leadership is important to you. I value it very highly. Uh, and this honestly is a reflection of sort of personal life experience. But if we dial it way back to the Naval Academy, you know, the Naval Academy is a leadership institution. We have an entire academic building there devoted to leadership education. I took it for granted while I was there that 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 was part of my experience. But as I've since come to you know serve on other academic campuses, it's not that way on every other campus. That said, what I have learned is that leadership is a differentiator across all organizations, no matter what type of work that they are doing. And I think your opportunity to develop and hone leadership skills as a college age student, A, but B, as an athlete, the only other place that rivals it or the only other institution that rivals it is the military. Um, and thankfully, we're able to teach the same skills and allow folks the opportunity to practice those skills in a way where the stakes aren't quite as high. Um, it's not life and death, though I acknowledge that championship games can certainly feel like that sometimes. Um, but it really is kind of a safe space to practice and develop a skill like you would develop any other skill, which means you're practicing it, you're getting feedback on it, you're improving it. Um, and then I believe we send our students out into the world to go make their impact on their communities. And if we can send them out as capable leaders who know when to lead, when to follow, how to positively impact their teammates, so to speak, wherever they are. I think we're we're doing good things for humanity and for society, which I appreciate is a very lofty ideal, but it is one that I'm very, very committed to. And that's why we spend as much time on it as we do um, here on the athletic side of things, for sure. On the recreation side, we employ the most students of anybody on campus there, and we're making similar investments on the recreation side. So we have practical, experiential opportunities for folks to build and hone their own leadership skills. And then we teach them how to take that forth and impact their communities for the rest of their lives. So I, earlier, I promised to ask you what a provost does. Before I go there, you mentioned that you hire the most students on campus. This mm -hmm. podcast is kind of targeted more towards middle and high school students. Okay. You never know. Somebody at Hopkins may be listening. If they are interested in working in the Department of Athletics, how, is there a common application? Uh, is there a website? How, how would they reach out to your department specifically? So if they're a Hopkins student, they would go to Handshake, um, which is a platform that all of our students have access to. It's where employers post jobs. It's where internships and research opportunities get posted. It's also where student employment opportunities get posted. Very good. And that's called Handshake. Yeah, Handshake. Or they can just wander up here and say, hi, I'd like to work here. Um, <laughs> there's no shortage of work to be done in our collective departments. And we do hire a number. We hire more students than any other organization on campus. Very good. Provost, I looked it up. Yep. I, I've been to college. I've met a provost. Well, I've met another one now. What, what does it, what's a provost? And then specifically for student affairs. Well, so we have, um, so we have a president, right? Who is the head of the entire Hopkins enterprise. Um, and this is, most universities are set up generally like this. The provost is like the academic head of the university, but is subordinate to the president. So the provost oversees all of the academic programs and all of the student serving programs. So to a provost, there are a number of vice provosts that report. So one of them is my boss. My boss is the vice provost for student affairs. Other, we have the vice provost for admissions and financial aid. Uh, we have the vice provost for diversity and inclusion. So we have a number of other sort of functional areas, which are all student serving vice provosts who then report up to the provost. 
Um, in my role as an associate vice provost, I am a direct report to the vice provost for student affairs. So I am on her cabinet and I am working with her collectively and my colleagues on that cabinet um, to, we are focused on all of student affairs university-wide, not just on the Homewood campus, but we are all student serving programs um, that are designed to accelerate and um, I'm going to lose a, a good word here, but essentially optimize, there's the word I want, optimize the student experience here. So we are very focused on student success, student experience, and student development um, collectively. And so certainly the work I do in athletics and recreation is part of that, right? But I have colleagues who are working in other areas, student engagement, um, student academic success, those types of areas who also sit on that cabinet. And we collectively work and think about how are we serving the overall student population here um, through our areas of responsibility. That's good broad thinking across the the, the verticals of that or term, you know, because if you're in that meeting where someone else is focused more on something other than it's a good way mm -hmm. for you to collaborate and bring in the perspectives that you bring to the table. That's interesting. Yep. I promise to keep this brief. And again, I thank you for your time. This all sure. leads up to my big question, advice. So I'm hoping I have a middle school student or high school student listening, maybe one or two. And I'm hoping in, you know, by we haven't lost them by now. I don't think we have. If you could speak to them, or is there anything you have said several times before to a middle school student or a high school student, someone that's thinking about going to the next level? Are you I use athletics as as kind of a vehicle for maturity, for growth, for learning. Uh, it doesn't have to be athletics, but I'm kind of in the, the athletics venue. But mm -hmm. if there's someone in middle school that is thinking about playing in high school, there's someone in high school that's thinking about playing in college, maybe they're playing in high school and they're thinking about not playing in college. Is there any general advice that you find yourself giving to students over and over again that you could give them now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's a few things that come to mind. So let's just start broadly. I think it's really important for students to understand or to feel connected to the reason that they personally play sports. So first and foremost, it should be fun. It should bring joy to your life. If you are, and, and I'll go back to, I have nothing but respect for cross country runners. I ran a season of cross country. I love my friends on the team. It was not fun for me. So I decided I'm not gonna do this anymore. And that is okay, right? So I think first and foremost, making sure you are in a place where sports are fun for you. Sports also teach us so many, they're a vehicle to learn so much about ourselves. And, and I frequently say this to my athletes, sports help you discover the best of yourself and put you in an environment where you can push others to do the same. That is how this should feel. So if at any point it feels like a job, it you dread going to it, um, you don't feel like it's a vehicle for self-discovery or for your own leader development, Pay attention to that and think about what might need to change. Um, and that applies to sport at all levels. So whether you're a middle school athlete, a recreational athlete, whether you want to compete in high school, whether you're on the JV or the varsity, whether you play at the division one level or you play club sports in college, it all applies and it's all valuable. So that's the first thing I would say. Um, the next thing I would say is it's your journey, meaning don't compare yourself to other people. So particularly I see this at the high school level where, you know, college, if you aspire, first of all, there's pressure to say that you want to play in college. Playing in college is for some people, but it's not for everyone. And that's totally okay. Um, but if you are somebody who aspires to play in college, you will see that some of your teammates 
will get contacted by college coaches and others of you will not. And there's this constant effort to compare and there's an anxiety that gets created with that. Don't compare. This is for you. And the right college experience for you is going to look different than your teammates for sure. And to that end, do not pick a school based on the sport alone. Pick a school, and this is what I tell people all the time, pick a school that if you were to get injured and you couldn't play for a given season, you would still want to be. Meaning you're excited about what you're studying, you love your teammates, whether you're on the field with them or whether you're not, you love the other people at the school, you love the location, everything else is a fit for you, and then sports are kind of the cherry on top. Um, I think that's very, very important. I don't, it does not go well for students who choose a school just for the sport. Um, and also be mindful, coaches can leave. Don't choose it for a coach, right? Coaches can leave. So again, if you love a coach who recruited you, you sign up, you go to that school, and then all of a sudden you find out that coach left, do you still want to be at that school? Um, I think it's really important to make sure that you're choosing something because it, it is about a an academic experience and an athletic experience. So you have to have all of those things that serve you. Um, play more than one sport. We are in an era where there is almost not enough time to play more than one sport because we've gotten so specialized and I understand why and how we've landed here. Playing more than one sport makes you a better athlete overall. When you can see, and some sports have very similar offensive and defensive concepts. So when you can start to translate them from sport to sport, it makes you a more well-rounded athlete. It also builds your physical resilience, meaning for injury prevention, if you are in a very specialized sport and that's the only sport you do, your body gets used to a very specific motion and it's easy to tweak something based on that. But where you play multiple sports, your joints get used in a variety of ranges of motion, which means that physically your body compensates for all of that and you are a stronger overall. So I would say play multiple sports to the greatest extent that you can. Um, and then the last thing I would say is if you are looking to play at the college level, there's more than just varsity sports at the college level. Colleges have recreational sports. They have intramurals. They have club sports. There is a team for everybody. So don't feel pressure to go play a varsity sport if that's not really where your heart is, because that requires a significant time commitment, no matter what level you compete at. And so maybe you want to take that time and put it into research or put it into an internship. Maybe playing a club or intramural is going to be the exact right fit for you. All of them are good for all the reasons I just said. Sports are good for us, period. I mean, I, that's, I'm fully biased. It doesn't matter what level you play at as long as you love what you're doing. Is that, that is about some of that is a great answer. Uh, I could listen to you all day. <laughs> but again, I want to respect your time. Thank you so much. Sure. Is there anything I can promote? Is there anything that's going on at Hopkins? I know the Director's Cup is coming up on October 6th. I believe yes. the presentation of the Director's Cup is before yes. the football game. It is at halftime. Of halftime. The game. And that's the Johns Hopkins versus Gettysburg, yes? Yes, Johns Hopkins versus Gettysburg. Um, if you go to hopkinsports.com, you will be able to pull up all of our teams. You will be able to pull up all of those schedules. Um, all of our teams are good, um, which I say with full pride um, and all biases disclosed. Um, but our student athletes are absolutely incredible and we love fans. So anytime we only ticket for men's lacrosse in the spring. Okay. So every other sporting event is free to attend. Oh, wow. Um, 
And so please come join us. Um, so yes, there's there's that. And then for those interested in potentially furthering their leadership development, um, in partnership with a colleague of mine who is also a former college coach, um, high school and college coach, baseball specifically, and also a former naval officer, now a PhD in leadership, we have collectively launched a company called Developing Athlete Leaders, um, which offers a number of tools and free resources for developing your own leadership through the vehicle of athletics. Um, so would encourage you to go there. Lots of good content there for those who may be interested in any of that stuff. And then for, for those who have listened this long, I'll put a link to that website in the show notes. Great. So people can go down awesome. there. I'll put links to the Hopkins Athletics so people can find it right there. Jennifer Baker, you're the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. This has been fun. I really appreciate the time and uh, hope folks can get something out of this, but it's all good. Just take away that it's all good. You're going to land exactly where you need to land. You've been listening to the AC Sports Report. As you know, there's a massive scene of youth sports in the DMV, and it's our passion to cover it all. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had fun. Make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit the website at www.alstoncarlisle.com. Till next time, this has been the AC Sports Report.